as we talk about Passover and Easter with Ray Haynes in the studio this morning, talk about meant by love. Mm. Amen. This week, that's that's what we're that's more. That's I have no idea. Everything met by love. I have no idea what I'm saying. Well, we were talking about the uh, gods of <laughs> Egypt that God was judging, and I mentioned that you know the Egyptians worshipped everything, but they mm-hmm. did not worship Chihuahuas. So, but I thought you know in honor of because you know ex- the Exodus story is about making it real to us. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that happened in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So for for David and Leanna, at least I wanted you know they were safe in Egypt. However, if the plagues had come against Mexico, Chihuahuas would have been in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chihuahua, Mexico is actually a place, and that would have been very sad. <laughs> so going back to the time of Constantine, right, mm-hmm. in the 300s, the uh, Aztecs came to power. Mm-hmm. So the nobility especially, very fond of those little Chihuahuas. So this is a little sad, but it's funny too, so if you can get past the sadness. But if the master died, he went part from his dog. So the dog was sacrificed to the gods with the master, believing that the the person's sins would be transferred to the dog, which was sort of a guide to get him through the underworld. Mm. But part I liked was it, it enlightened the way with its sparkling ruby eyes. So mm. those chihuahua eyes got him through the underworld. The scape dog. <laughs> <laughs> so the chihuahua's eyes would scare away the evil spirits and bring the master to I his I can see eternal. that. I can definitely see that. She's giving me the stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> so the good news is that only went on for about 500 years and they were conquered by the Spanish conquistadors mm-hmm. and Cortez in the 14th century. So mm-hmm. at this point, chihuahuas are safe again. But So let's uh, journey back from Mexico all the way back to Egypt for a moment. We did the top uh, six plagues, and we're going to jump into the bottom four, which are really the top four. And again, God is dealing with, you know, whatever we we call a God or whatever we fall in love with, God has to destroy that God so he can reveal himself and who he is in all his power. So the next plague was the plague of hail and fire raining down. And I can't even fathom it, but Nut, N-U-T, was the sky goddess for them. Flax and barley were ripening in the field just like it did in Israel in Passover time. That was the Mm -hmm. one that they were dealing with, the wave offering at the time of Jesus. So he was dealing with that one. Next came the plague of locusts. We just watched a TV special, one of those, I don't know if it's a history or national, one of those channels, mm-hmm. and I watched this plague of locusts, and it mm. was billions of locusts. It was crazy scary and how they destroyed the region. So God used these locusts. Now, Isis and Seth, these false gods, had responsibilities relating to agricultural crops. Seth was a god of storms and disorder. So this particular wonder definitely affected their life source. It hit them in their food supply, and the Lord displayed the possibility of imminent death if a change of heart did not occur. Because mm-hmm. you can imagine, if you saw a plague of locusts, right. you'd be going, all right, I don't want to listen to you now. But Pharaoh wouldn't listen. So the next two, the plague of darkness is an interesting. Ra is pretty well known uh, in Egypt, the sun god, considered one of Egypt's greatest gods because they thought he provided the life-giving light and warmth every day. So three days of palpable darkness, it was so immense that it could be physically felt and it covered the land of Egypt. Now the sun was the most worshipped god in Egypt other than Pharaoh himself. It gave no light. Mm -hmm. So darkness represents their death, judgment, and hopelessness. It was a complete absence of light. So can you imagine Moses walking out 
as the shadow of darkness follows him out of the palace to leave Pharaoh in the dark until mm-hmm. he acknowledges that there is a living God. Mm-hmm. And Moses just walks in the light. <laughs> mm-hmm. just be, it's an unusual look, but yep. that's what God's doing. So Pharaoh still won't listen. And the death of the firstborn is next, and it's by far the most important to us. Jesus, the lamb, cannot save you without your cooperation. We're saved by grace through faith. Mm. God acts and we act. The 10th plague is the first plague that requires the Israelites to do something. I want you to realize that this is that first picture of our salvation. They've got to do something. The rest of the time, God did everything. This one, they've got to be a part of it. So when God said sacrifice a lamb, was that just a random thing? Did God ask the Israelites a harder thing than we realize when he asked mm-hmm. them to sacrifice lambs in Egypt for Passover? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an unforgivable insult to the Egyptians who worshipped lambs as God, the ram God. All right, Exodus 8 says this, And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice your gods in the land. And Moses said, It's not right to do so, for we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians right. to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, then they will stone us. Well, the Egyptians worshipped Ares and therefore abstaining, abstained from killing sheep and held shepherds in contempt. You probably imagine sacrificing the Egyptians' god, then smearing the blood of their gods on your doorposts might get them roused a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of bravery and a bit of trust in God. Mm-hmm. To the Egyptians, eating lamb was such an abomination. You remember when Joseph brothers came, they fed them separately because they ate lamb. Right. They were eat, they weren't feeding them lamb, but they they were people who ate lamb, so they wouldn't even eat with them. And he encouraged his brothers to list their occupation as shepherds in order to allow them to live in Goshen, isolated from the rest of Egypt. Right. So that panned out really well. Now, interesting part is. Remember, this is a time when astrology was very big. So the symbol of the month of of Nisan, when Passover occurs, is Aries, the ram. Mm. The 15th day, uh, which is Pesach, the full moon, they were slaughtering hundreds of thousands of their ram gods when it was supposed to be at the height of its power, and the Egyptians were powerless to prevent it. So this was not just an ordinary thing that God asked him to do. It was pretty big. Yeah. And that's not all. Men was the god of procreation and reproduction. Isis, fertility, power to produce offspring. Hathor, goddess of love, one of seven deities who attended the birth of children. The apis bull was a firstborn animal and greatly revered. So he's going to kill in in this thing Mm -hmm. all of their gods. Pharaoh was considered a god. So the death of his firstborn was the death of the son of God. I mean, he was just being as literal as he could be. Yes, Mm. lower G. But so he was even showing the future. So God's judgment was not against Pharaoh, but against the firstborn son of Pharaoh, every other firstborn, because you have to wonder why wasn't Pharaoh killed? Right. He was a firstborn, but that's why. He wasn't judging Pharaoh. He had something else planned. Most likely, he was a firstborn, but he wanted God wanted to tempt him to attack later to destroy the entire army in the Red Sea, so he killed him there. He would go in to that Red Sea thinking that he could not be killed by God because he survived the 10th plague. So he set him up. So Osiris was the god of the underworld and life and death. All of Egypt was about to learn that death wasn't a god, but an angel sent to open every locked door in Egypt to snatch the life of their firstborn. Mm. Osiris was also worshipped as the god who caused the Nile to flood. So the Egyptian army marched into the Red Sea, probably assuming he would protect them. A false god is the wrong god to put your hope in. Mm -hmm. So is sin. 
death really is like Osiris. If the death angel could have entered the Jewish homes, he would have. Jesus was slain from the foundation, so death or Satan was present right there. Every servant or angel of his that are under his lie are called Satan. So I can say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, and I'm rebuking the demons too. The danger of lying, he's the father of lies, the devil is. The danger of lying is believing your own lie. And you see, one of the things I think we, that we have to come to learn through this whole process is that demons are actually trapped in their deception. They can't know the truth because they would be set free. There's no forgiveness available. There's no truth available. Their punishment is the darkness they're trapped in right now. Chains of darkness hold them. That means, you know, they, they're not plotting plans against you. They're trapped. They can't know truth. So why didn't Jesus destroy Satan and death when he fell? Because he would also, we would all always be susceptible to falling just like Lucifer. He wanted to put it under our feet. And so that's the, the answer to the big question is, why do I have to deal with this all the time? Because God wants to defeat these for you. Mm. And that's the lesson of Passover in Egypt. And we're going to take a real strong look at death or the destroyer next.